Welcome back to Bob Talk with Talia Little. Today I am recording in my home on Bunuran country, um, paying all my respects to their elders past, present and future and always acknowledging and thanking them for allowing me to live on their beautiful country. And Karina, where are you coming from today? So I'm calling in from Wurundjeri country. Um, so I'm a proud Yorda Yorda Boonwurrung woman. Um, so yeah, so you're currently on my country. It's just- Wow. Great, great grandmother was born at Point Nepean. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Wow, isn't that amazing? I actually haven't, oh, I think I had one Bunurong person, I could be wrong for any listeners listening into this, um, come on earlier in the podcast, but I think that's it. So that's really cool. So thank you, I guess, for, you know, allowing me to be in your country. It's so beautiful down here. Like Sorry. it's, I always say that it's my connection or home away from home, yeah. you know? You know, when you find that place and you have your home and then you feel really connected to another and that's here with all the beautiful beaches and further actually down the peninsula um, is quite beautiful, like Flinders and all that. So I spent a lot of my um, younger years like roaming up and down. So, yeah, it's just so beautiful here. I was down um, on the peninsula yesterday at the hot springs. Oh, that, now that is beautiful. That is a treat. That's kind of like... Dog in the background. Like get rid of it's her fine. yeah <laughs> if, she, if she barks a lot we'll we'll deal with them but she's fine um how was the hot springs amazing it was so nice i've never been there before so yeah i it was so nice there's the turkish room did you go in there no oh there's this really cool room i think it's called the turkish room i could be wrong so don't quote me on that but it's like a sauna room you almost go in and there's like a big there's the outsides where you sit on. It's like a circle room. Did you, so you didn't go in? No. Oh my gosh. It's honestly the best part of the hot springs. Um, it's like this circle room and you sit in there. It's like a big sauna and it's all tiled. Well, at least when I went back in the day and um, it's so beautiful and you just pour hot water on yourself. Like it, it's really nice. So next time you go there, go to that room. Actually today I feel like a new person. I, it was so, it's so amazing how like, just like, that little bit of like relaxation for a day can yeah affect you so much like I'm like woke up this morning like full of energy <laughs> so nice do you get much downtime between work no busy, busy woman yeah it's pretty it's pretty busy to be honest um because like I'm also a single mom and I have my daughter full-time um so yeah we're kind of a busy little team so let's talk about Amber Days, the label. Now, I've seen you guys on Instagram doing amazing things and you working with and collaborating with amazing artists and well, as well, and that's really amazing. So how did Amber Days start? Like where? what was the point in which you start, decided you were going to start this sustainable brand? Yeah. Um, so I think it was like kind of a little bit of – it wasn't just like one point. Um I started working on it actually when I was living in Sydney and that was kind of when I was like, I really want to create a sustainable label because I can't find anything that's like sustainable and ethical. Like quite often we're like torn between, you know, you're getting your five stars on your sustainability in your clothing, but then you, you, you know, the ethics and the, um, you know, the production isn't up to that standard or vice versa. 
Um, so I started working on an activewear label, um, which I never produced, but I kind of just like started the background there. Then, um, and like much of my life post high school, um, I've gone between like following my creative pursuits and then going back to working in community because I needed that more depth and that like needed to feel like I was um, working towards a more, um, you know, a better future for our people and for everybody. So I went back into working in community and um, then I fell pregnant with my daughter. And it wasn't until I went back to work, work with my daughter when she was six months old that I found just the systems in general to be really um, hard to work in as a parent. Like I just found that they weren't set up to support women with children and have that um, flexibility, but also just like the choice of making an income without having to sacrifice parts of your parenting that you feel are important. Um, but like, you know, going deeper into that, it's like, if you're a carer, if your mental health doesn't work the nine to five job, like there's just like so much, um, inequalities in the workplace. So um, with that, I was like, I'm going to create a label that ticks all the boxes in sustainability, all the boxes in ethics, and hopefully can create a workspace that's going to be um, provide meaningful employment for in particular women of colour, Aboriginal women, and, you know, hopefully be able to um, have a social impact that way as well. And wow. that, yeah, when my daughter was one and a half, I was like, okay, quit my I, job. I don't know. How, yeah. Where were you working when you quit your job? Like what were you, what was your job? Sorry. Um, so I was working in the environment movement um, and I was mainly working around supporting young people to take action on climate change. And it was an amazing job, amazing work. Um, you know, in so many ways, it was really great that I could take my daughter to work with me, which should be a given, but like, you know, it wasn't, it, they were doing all the steps that they could do, but it was just working within a system that wasn't set up. And maybe like, I think that like the idea of, you know, taking a ch child to work is still so new. I mean, I think the pandemic's kind of in some ways um, created more flexibility with workplaces and stuff. But like at that time it was just like, it was just really hard to kind of um, get our needs met in a system that couldn't support that. Yeah, absolutely. So climate action or caring for country was always a big part of your life. I'm guessing like, was that, was that a big part of your life or a passion of yours? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, like, I think, you know, most of us, you know, ha have that same feeling around, you know, the connection between people, country, um, social justice, environmental justice, like it's also intertwined and, um, yeah, so for me, caring for country and, like, living a sustainable, um, you know, life in all the aspects of my life from my purchases if you can, but it's still, you know, there's still barriers, I guess, but I won't go into that. But, like, um, yeah, all of that's been really important um, from the beginning. Yeah. So for Amber Days, when you say ethical practices, what does that look like? Um, so for me, ethics is so much broader than... I guess some people think about like, you know, I, it's our factory workers making sure that that's all up to standard and that workers are getting paid a 
proper wage in a work environment that's safe. But when I talk about ethics, it's like that sustainability part. It's it's more than just like having organic fabrics and using non-toxic dyes. It's like, you know, there's different levels. Like for me, I couldn't produce clothing knowing that my clothing was being harmful to the environment, which is harmful to generally First Nations people in countries all across the world because that, you know, that impact is impacting the environment, which is impacting people's waterways that they need to live off. It's impacting the environment that they need to grow their food from and that also just like the health impacts, I guess, of having those toxins in the environment around you. So, yeah, I wanted to make sure that like you could trust our brand when you're purchasing yeah, from us. Um, but yeah, then comes into it like, you know, being able to share, we collaborate with other Aboriginal women on our artworks and um, it's so much more, it's just like such a beautiful process working with other women and sharing our cultures together and creating that um, relationship and then being able to share that with everybody else. And um, yeah, like then the young kids being like, that's really beautiful. And especially like coming from that really nurturing um, feminine energy as well, that really comes out in your branding. Like you look at it and you feel um, like the energy is really warm looking at the designs and the clothes and stuff like that. And I can tell from the way you talk about your brand is that that's what it is. And that's what it was set out to do and creating a workspace for women to feel safe in as well as um, Aboriginal women, because I don't necessarily think the way of working in society is the right way. I don't know. I'm going through a phase where I'm kind of questioning how our, I'm going to get a little bit deep here, but how our systems are actually set up in a white world rather than our, you know, traditional world. And it doesn't seem to be working for anyone, not just Aboriginal people. It's like, I don't think everyone's meant to work a nine to five job and sit in these like, box lives and do everything perfectly. Like it just doesn't, we need more community coming back together and um, helping each other out and being more flexible because that's actually life. We're not set out to just work, you know, which is just, yeah. I totally agree. And I think like sometimes, you know, and um, I had a discussion with a beautiful Aboriginal woman probably about two years ago who like really challenged me in such a great way to open up and think about you know for me I was so on the mindset of like how our systems oppress like Aboriginal women and women of colour and migrant and refugee people in particular but like how when we embed cultural safety through all of our systems how that actually supports everyone and it was just amazing to be like hang on this works is beneficial for like all people, all women, like this needs to be done for everybody to make all the spaces like Aboriginal culture and Aboriginal values. Um, it benefits everybody is yeah. Like, like you were saying, like these systems actually oppress everyone. Um, not just. Yeah, for sure. We also need more of our values to go further than our community as well with respect. And, you know, even so far as like family values, 
I feel like comparing our family values culturally to maybe non-Aboriginal people and not generalizing here, but, you know, from my personal experience with even some of my um, non-Aboriginal family and stuff like that, it's a lot different to how we work in terms of um, caring for other people's kids and taking on people or living with like, you know, 10 people in the house, whatever it is, but everyone's family and everyone's welcome, you know? So it's that beautiful community aspect that we don't leave anyone behind. So I feel like your company also, I don't know, it gives off that vibe. So, you know, props to you on doing that as a single mum as well, you know, like that's amazing. Thanks. Oh. <laughs> so when you talk about um, not when before, let's bring it back to before when you talked about the clothes not impacting the country as such, um, they weren't your words, but as such in that sense, what do you mean by that? Like how ethically, how do they not impact mm-hmm. land? So for us, we use organic fabrics. Um, I'll speak about our, so the main fabrics that we use in our children's is organic linen and organic cotton and um, both of those are 100% organic so like 100% organic linen so once hopefully and we use coconut buttons so like hopefully like once that product has been handed down to many generations many kids um, we find that linen is a really beautiful hardy fabric that just softens in time and Um, has quite a longevity Um, but once all that's done and if it unfortunately ends up in landfill it will just 100% biodegrade into there's no chemicals in it so once it's in the ground um, you will hope that it (laughs) there's my mum I was laughing when you were saying that because I could just hear this like get the dog off the couch (laughs) she's like now she's leaning on my mom I saw that going I would love for this to just get on the mob talk page like in the back when your mom's just trying um where was I at yeah so um that will be once it's in the ground the idea is that um it won't leave any um toxic residue behind um you know if you have a blend fabric of like lycra you know so like a non- um, an organic fabric and a synthetic fabric, once it's in the ground, the synthetic, the plastics will be left in and sometimes they're microplastics and that sort of thing. Um, so like talking about the end of life of the garment with those fabrics, they should just, yeah. The idea is that they just degrade. Like degrade yeah. And it's fine. Um, we introduced our first women's collection last year, which included um, active wear. And for us, like we were really thinking about like with women's, yeah, do we do a blend of a synthetic fabric, uh, like for instance, and then um, cotton, but then knowing that the end of, yeah, there's not really much to do with it after that's finished, like you've had enough of it. Um, So we went with a completely recycled fabric that's made out of recycled plastic. So my next journey is to make it accessible for people to know how to recycle their clothing at the end of its life. Um, because yeah, you can recycle fabrics. I haven't got there yet, but that's my next project to um, figure out what to do with that. But at the moment, as much as the research that I could do, the most ethical way would to be go a completely 
synthetic active wear but made out of recycled plastic which stops it from going into landfill and we all know that like once plastic's in landfill every piece of plastic that's ever been made is still here today so um, wow. recycling for that instance was a better um option for active care. to think that pl every single plastic that's ever been made is still here is just mm -hmm. It's it's mind blowing. I remember watching a um, just a side note, but have you seen Zac Efron's? Um, yeah, the water episode with all the um, it's like three million. I could be just trillion. No, it's trillion. It's something ridiculous. Water bottles are like thrown away each year. Like it's scary. So yeah, wow. That is how. How did you go about researching that? That is a very in-depth explanation of what you guys do and how you do it so well. Like, did that take a long time? I think it's just something that, like, I've always been really, you know, conscious of um, is, like, yeah, what we're consuming, what's its afterlife, um, and, yeah, making the best decision for that. And like I said at the start, like, I just feel like I couldn't produce something that was, you know, without knowing to the best of my ability that, you know, that we are doing the best that we can um and you know people we need to have options of ethical you know things that we can buy ethically clothing etc and um yes yeah, so i just really wanted to be able to produce what i thought was the most ethical and sustainable way of producing but um yeah it was just research and figuring it, not cutting corners you know um sometimes it's yeah, it doesn't work the best because like I'm just like so focused on making sure that everything's so perfect and it can really hold you back. But you've just got to be able to do the best you can and offer something that, yeah. Secondhand's always best. If you can't buy secondhand or if you need that special piece, then purchasing something that's ethically produced is your next best option. So do you think there is a link between your love? I mean, you said this before, but your love for... Um you know, trying to produce ethically and sustainably to your link for your connection to country? Yeah, absolutely. I think like in times, you know, I've gone through massive burnouts working in systems that like continually to like, they continually oppress us. And I see mob and like amazing people, you know, fighting so hard to change their systems and to like make the world a better place. But, you know, are so restrained in these oppressing systems and, I, you know, burnt out multiple times in my life and I feel like the creativity and my like, you know, my passions and stuff have been what's like sustained me for a little bit in between. And I think getting really frustrated um, when I, yeah, another, so when I had Sapphire, I, all of these things that were like massive concerns and massive like burdens and like was so much more because I was raising all of a sudden I'm like this is like I've got a daughter and this is her future like we've just seen the flooding all these like massive climate you know uh disasters happening from climate change and um knowing that this is my daughter's future I was like this is just too much like being in this space is actually so much and how can I create something that has those same messages shares like our culture like sharing aboriginal art and especially coming from women like you know what kind of change can we make but in a different way and um 
Yeah, what was the first? Sorry, I've just gone off on a tangent. I've actually forgotten what I said as well. I was just deep in, I was deep listening to you. (laughs) I guess that's like, you know, where I kind of got to, I was like, you know, can I create business for good? And um, it's pretty amazing because like business, all the businesses that I know and like that are, you know, supportive and that are in our little network are just these amazing businesses that are just making, you know, such great change and generally without being restricted from um I guess other how do I you know like you get to make those decisions you get to choose who you um work with who you yeah what aligns with your values as well it's so powerful as an aboriginal woman to have that self-determination and to have that power in the decision making and to not have to, um, yeah, not have to that be at the um, expense of your culture or your cultural values. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So have you always been so driven, you know, will you speak with a lot of passion when talking about um, environmental change and problems and your label, have you always had that from a kid or is that something that you grew to have as an adult? Oh gosh, I've never thought about that. Um, I think like as a teenager and as all well, actually probably as a young adult, I've always like, like I, I think back into, you know, prior to having my daughter and I was like volunteering for like three organizations, working part, oh, wow. you know, always just like so eager to create change and, um, yeah, and probably undiagnosed ADHD, who knows, like, like, <laughs> Just like to have like a hundred, like so yeah. many things on the go, and don't like to like really, um, yeah. But then I guess like things have changed since I've had my daughter. Like definitely still that kind of drive, but like I've had to slow down a lot as well. Like it's really nice to meet the person behind a small, you know, a small um, homegrown business though, because, you know, you realize how authentic and true it is. And that's why it is so important to support our small businesses, especially the ones that are, you know, um, trying their best to make things ethically and sustainably. And the clothes aren't that expensive either. Like it's not compared to, you know, I saw, I think it was a children's dress for 75, something along the lines, something like that. And then you'll go to target or, you know, cotton on or whatever. And the dress will be, could be 50, right. And you're paying for that, which you're going to throw away. Like you're going to throw away. You're not going to pass down whatever. It's just a dress probably won't last that long. And then you've got yours, which you can pass down because the material is made so well. And then after that, it biodegrades. I don't even know if that's how you say it, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's worth paying money for quality over quantity. And that's what I think has gotten really lost in my generation, especially because of social media um, and always wanting the next best thing. So it's kind of important to bring back those values and make sure you're passing your clothes down and, you know, make sure you're trying to buy secondhand and op shops and whatnot, rather than just going to cotton on or, you know, or Sheen, I hate Sheen. I, I hate it. It copies so many, so many small businesses. Yeah. And when you like know, like basically when you're buying our stuff, the margin's so little, you're you're paying for the garment. Um, if that makes sense. Like there's yeah. not much profit margin. There's never gonna be much 
you know, never going to be that much in our business because we do do things properly. And that's, you know, that's the cost of a garment. When you're buying something from another large, unethical, mass-produced um, garment, you're basically buying a 50-cent item. And, like, the difference between, you know, that and, like, say, if something that costs $50 to make, for instance, like, one, you're buying something that's quality, much more expensive, much more um, well-made as opposed to, like, a 50-cent, you know, T-shirt. So weird to think that when you buy fast fashion, it's like 50 cents that takes yeah. to make it. And the workers as well, like, you know, how many workers do you have? Oh, just me. <gasps> and you, how, how, do you, how do you have the time? Like, um, I have a lot of support from my family and friends and probably not a lot of time. Who knows? It's a trade-off though, because it's your passion and it's your work and it's your life. So oh, absolutely. And that's the only reason that, you know, we do this. Like it's the connections that we're making behind doors. It's the customers that are like, you know, doing their baby announcements with our little wraps and like oh. like our little Aboriginal babies are born and they're put straight into, you know, they're getting their culture like straight away and like all that sort of th- beautiful like obviously they are more than just a baby wrap I don't know how that didn't, wasn't worded properly but like you know there's like no, absolutely like, though. like yeah to get those photos with um you know your newborn in a beautiful wrap with you know a beautiful artwork it it adds a bit of something special as well yeah definitely and I think that those are the things like the reasons that we yeah that we do around the days it's about that impact it's about the relationships and the um connecting and yeah. So how are your clothes? Who makes the clothes? So currently um, the collections that we've had, uh, actually it started off, we started off in Melbourne, um, very small production. We did our fabrics printed in Melbourne and our clothes made in Melbourne. Then the next collection, we had our fabrics printed offshore in India and then our um, garments still made in Melbourne. Then the following collection we did made in India and printed in India. Mm-hmm. And what does that look like ethically? Like uh, is the, like, you know, when a lot of people hear about clothes being made overseas, it's associated with, you know, underpaid workers and whatnot. What does that look like for you guys? So for us, um, it's just about like doing a lot of research. Like you research all of your factories, ultimately, you know, the best way and probably the only way that you're going to ever be sure is to visit the factories. Um, unfortunately, when we launched, I, as a single mum. You obviously can't go to India. Yeah. To India. Um, but so we just had to do our best research. Um, you can get like an agent as well so that'll be a in-between person who can do all your checks for you um but like yeah just making sure that they've got all the accreditations around fair trade um the sustainability ethics um there's like all of our fabrics have got certified so it's a global um textile standard of organic textiles for us we chose india because um a lot of cotton's grown in India and that's what I was thinking yeah for us it was like for well for me I was just like um cotton grown in Australia personally I don't feel comfortable with because we don't have the right climate 
but everybody, you know, everyone has different reasons why they decide one thing's more sustainable over the other. Yeah. Um, for me, I just think about farms in a long, like on an Aboriginal country that's like, you know, taking all of our water and how the country's suffering. And then if wow, you know, yeah. it was like how that's then getting into our waterways and, you know, whereas say for instance, India has great climate to grow cotton, um, it's more suited to it. And um, they are really ahead with um, natural, organic, non-toxic dyes. Um, and their waste system in particular was something that was really important to me. Um, that these weren't going into the river, river, yeah, and whatnot. So that was kind of why we chose India. Um, lots of countries have really ethical and sustainable um, factories that do great work. Um, it's just finding the right one and it's a long process and a lot of time and yeah. So do you get a lot of orders through Amber Days? Yeah, we're doing okay. Um, I don't know, like in comparison to <laughs> some of your bigger labels that have a lot more exposure. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to compare. Mm. Well, I saw you guys did a fashion runway for Indigenous Fashion. Uh, no, what was it? Melbourne Fashion Week? No. Melbourne Fashion Festival? Yeah. Melbourne Fashion Festival. Yeah. So we're really, that was such a beautiful runway. Um, so fortunate that's our third runway since we launched women's in june last year which is just insane oh, it looks so, so beautiful like the two-piece i think it was a two-piece set wasn't it so there was um looks, yeah all together there was one that was like the um skirt and um i think the one you're talking about she just had like um one of our scarves tied as a oh wow i'll actually have a look i think the one that I saw because I was like, that's amazing. It was with you and your daughter. Oh, that might have been Melbourne Fashion Week. So that was November last year. Oh, that was ages ago then. I loved it. I can't find it now. Oh, this one. Like, that is stunning. Oh, thank you. That is so beautiful. That collection yet. Um, and your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> so, she, um, I just love all the clothes. Pardon? Does she just love all the clothes? Um, no. <laughs> Sometimes she's um probably like she kind of associates it with like fittings and me like you know getting out pins and like adjusting and um making her spin around and do all these things to make it. Um, that's when like when I pull out my stuff, she's like, oh, do I have to? But then like if I get another kid in, she's like, mum, why didn't you ask me to do it? And gets all like, you know, <laughs> fussy and <about> territorial. <laughs> yeah. And um, she's, she's a bit of a funny one. She wears our bike shorts, like literally every day. Like she's just a bike shorts and t-shirt girl. Um, anything else? She's just a bit like, no, nah, that's not comfy. You know, she just wants to wear her bike shorts and leggings. <laughs> I just want to be comfy, mum. Leave me alone. <laughs> Yep, a hundred percent. Um, but then she also has a she has a very unique style. Um, it's very unique. Like if you give her like, you know, go for it, dress what you want, she'll just layer herself up in like all sorts of patterns and yeah, it's she's it's creative like, even from a young age, that's what I would say. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> or defiant, either way. She's like, mum, I'm not, whatever you dress me in, it's going to be yeah. the opposite. Yeah, she's very, um, very, yeah, determined to um, 
choose what she wears and how she styles it and yeah <laughs> what was that like being a single mum and starting your own brand I know for all that we have a lot of you know young mums out there that are struggling and um just single mums in general that are struggling to do the day-to-day job and personally I don't think there's enough leeway for or acknowledgement for our single mums um being a mum is hard enough in a relationship yeah. to then be by yourself one how was that and two you know do you have any tips for mums out there who are looking to maybe go down the sustainable fashion line or you know create their own business yeah um it's a big question um so i think that like a hundred percent there is just not enough support for mums in general and women and particularly single mums like um we all know that like you know our society is set up based on a double income and if you're a single parent who wants to who not wants to because like everybody's different but like I always advocate for choices and I think that like you know it needs to be important that women have a choice in how they create an income and how they parent and how much time that looks like um and unfortunately like financially it's just ridiculous to survive as a single parent um so I think like, yeah, it's it's actually, it's so powerful to start your own business. It's powerful to be following your um, passions and to have something that sustains you and fulfills you. Um, and yeah, I just think that that's 100% so important. And I would say to any, any mom, any woman, anybody that like, if you have a passion, just follow it. Like there's so many reasons why we can say no and not do that. Um, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's really hard and it's really hard to make a profit from your own business. Like, and I think that that's something, you know, that um, isn't talked about enough that it can take years, like literally lots and lots and lots of years before you actually break even and make a profit from a business and each business is different. And, um, but in saying that, if you're an Aboriginal woman, I think go for it. Um, reach out to me, like I'll connect you with, you know, opportunities and like we can work together. It's something I'm so passionate about. I think that it's really important that women, um, start to take, you know, regain power and get into positions that work for them and that they can, yeah take up space that um, is there for us. And one thing I'm really passionate about as well is uplifting other women. I think that's really not done enough in our society. And as a young woman, you often see, um, and I'm sure you feel like this too, but, you know, women not bashing physically, but could be like behind the scenes or, you know, taking other women down to make themselves feel better. And it's just really like, that's what the system wants us to do. And we can't be doing that and uplifting each other adds another form of confidence within yourself and within them, you know? A hundred percent. And that's like something that, yeah, I feel like, you know, behind doors sometimes we talk about, but like it is a dangerous space to be an Aboriginal woman in business. Like, you know, quite often I'm like waiting, like when's, when am I going to, when's something going to pop up that someone hasn't agreed with? And all of a sudden you get taken down because social media can be so toxic. And I get so frustrated because I see these things happening, but they're not happening to men. I'm like, why as well? Wow, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. For us to be in business and it be so easy. Um, 
yeah, to be targeted. And yeah, it can be really, really toxic place. And I'm wanting because we, we make mistakes, like everybody makes mistakes and men are making a hundred mistakes, a hundred times more mistakes than us. But yeah, literally it is such a safer space for them to be um, in the public space and on social media. And, you know, it's not just a Aboriginal thing, like it happens in politics, you know, we all see it happening to women in politics, like it happens everywhere. Um, women are just, yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, it's nice to see like, you know, over the past 60 to 70 years, the feminine, like the feminism movements and the women movements. And I was actually weirdly thinking about this in bed this morning, just how lucky I am to be a woman right now compared to, you know, 40 or 50 years ago when we really didn't have any rights and we were our husband's properties. And it still is a bit like that. Like we've got a long way to go, but it's really um, beautiful to see women paving the way for other young women. And I feel like your business is also doing that and your humbleness with being able to, you know, connect with other women and help them. That's, you know, that's really beautiful. So you should raise yourself for that or, you know, take a moment for that. Um, in terms of every like day-to-day things, can you give for Mob Talk listeners some tips on how to be more mindful about where they buy their clothes. Yeah. Um, or something that you would do, you know, as we were talking about like target before or um, buying from, you know, small businesses and whatnot. I think like if you can, and if you're financially able to buying from small businesses, any small business is going to be making, you know, um, is going to be making a change and making a difference. Um, buying from Aboriginal owned businesses, obviously like, you know, I mean, for me, I personally don't need statistics and all those sorts of things to like validate, but statistically Aboriginal women in particular um, put, oh, it's crazy. It's like 90% of, you know, their employees going to be Aboriginal employees. Like, and the amount of money from any, any woman who's in business or gets any kind of income like a huge percentage of that goes back into community and it goes back into like sustaining, um, yeah, sustaining communities. So like if you can purchase from um, Aboriginal businesses, female owned businesses, like you are creating more of a sustainable and more of an equal society. Um, But in saying that, like we don't all have the um, opportunity to do that and we've just got to do our best and in that instance I would always say buy secondhand because you're not producing new pieces like for me I will try to make most of it secondhand and then the special pieces that you might need for like your event or something you know that you want to pass down through your kids and have it in that box then you buy that special piece from an ethical and sustainable business preferably female owned and Aboriginal owned that would be my (laughs) You hear that mob talk listeners, <laughs> female and Aboriginal owned, please. Yeah, because like, like I said, your impact's going to be more than just the purchase. It's going to be, you know, for us, we've got an Aboriginal woman who does all of our textile. So we work with Aboriginal women with the artworks. So you're supporting an Aboriginal artist from there. That artwork goes to an Aboriginal textile designer and she puts it into a repeat for us. So you're supporting that Aboriginal woman. And then you're also supporting us and... Yeah, and hopefully, you know, as we grow, um, a whole lot more women who we will, yeah, that is 
our goal. Generations to come. I can only see Amber Days getting bigger and better and, you know, working with more, more women. And I'm super excited to see what I was going to say you guys, but it's to you. <laughs> like it's one, it's a one woman show guys. So just keep that in mind. I mean, you know, at times um, the special, you know, when we have like, well, we'll contract workers and it will be Aboriginal women and women of colour. And, you know, we'll go through periods of time where we'll need extra support. And that's kind of where our employment is now. As we get bigger, it'll be, yeah, that will be, is my, my goals is that, is for that to be the main social impact that we have, will be supporting women into finding their empowerment, finding their goals whilst having an um, income through Amber Days. Oh, lovely. Well, thank you, Karina, for coming on today. I really appreciate it. And I've loved hearing um, everything about Amber Days and meeting the face behind the label. It's so nice to, you know, connect and whatnot. And I'm sure we'll keep in touch. And um, for anyone that is listening, please support small businesses and maybe check out Amber Days. A little shout out there. <laughs> um, and yeah, thanks, Karina, for coming on. It's been so lovely. Oh, thanks so much. What a beautiful morning. Yay. <laughs> thanks everyone for joining us on Mob Talk this week. If you like this podcast, please share it with your friends and don't forget to chuck us a follow on Instagram. And we'll see you all for another yarn soon. <laughs>